What a blessing to come to your house via the stream and I trust that you're going to be deeply impacted and blessed by the message that I have for you today. The message that I have for you today is not um, live, it means this is pre-recorded, but the stream comes to you live. That means that my son is right now sitting at the computer streaming this um, for you guys and that you can make use of the chat that is also available on the player and um, you can uh, contact with people or if you just want to use Facebook uh, you will find that the people um, you know th that there will be people on on my page you can just write there and say I'm from here or I'm from there on my Facebook page or you can um, uh, just use the chat facility of this player now um, and and just communicate with each other the idea I have with this kind of a stream is that there will be a web family uh, of people that slot in on a regular basis which makes this broadcast basically their fellowship or their church. Um, I mean anybody is, wel is welcome but there are some people that write to our office on a regular basis when I was in the US now. Uh, there are people that just don't have a local Grace Fellowship and the idea is that we create a fellowship um, this way, wherein we can uh, pray for one another, start to know one another, where you can email your prayer requests and we just as uh, a congregation that congregate around the stream that we can uh, pray over those uh, prayer requests and those kind of things and just have communion together every Sunday. So um, I trust that you're going to be blessed by this, although uh, I'll be in Malaysia by the time the streams for this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, the dynamics will be basically the same except for the live prayer uh, where I would pray for people at the end and receive the emails, you know, while we have the stream. We're going to start off by having communion together. I've got, um, and you can know, know this, we will do this basically every Sunday. Uh, and just celebrate the body of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us uh, in dying for man and dying away the law system. Now the communion to me is something very powerful, something that just gets my mind renewed in thinking about what the gospel is all about. When the Bible talks about the body and the blood of Jesus. It talks about the ending of an old and the starting of a new. We need to realize that the gospel of Jesus is all about ending um, the law man and bringing forth the original plan that God had with us and that original plan was a family wherein we stand together, wherein we experience his kind of a life in a unity which all originates in him. God wanted to share his quality of life with us and in the sin of Adam and what happened there Jesus Christ came incarnated our death incarnated our sin, sinful state and died it away and that is when we take the bread and we talk about the breaking of the bread you know, we think of the breaking of that system, the ending of all form of disqualification. Now, what we're going to do is, uh, you're going to have your piece of bread and your wine or grape juice, whatever you choose to use, and 
you're going to break it at home uh, while we play a song. You know, you can even start do it now if you like to. But we're going to play a song. Uh, I've chosen Kerry Job, where she uh, sings that song of "You Are for Me," um, and we're just going to enjoy the presence of the Lord, enjoy those those beautiful thoughts that is there on account of what He's done for us, and just let it wash our mind, wash our heart again. Because every day, you know, when, when we walk in this earth, we find our mind getting back into the old things. Not that we backslide, but well, let me put it this way. We are bombarded with the old system continually. And the Lord thought it needful to even reveal to the Apostle Paul that these... Uh, these elements, which was long after he physically broke the bread. He came and revealed to Paul and said, In that night I broke this bread. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Now, okay, so let us, let us um, you know, and the, the, the bread is the breaking of the old man and the old law. And the wine, when we partake of that, is the flowing of the blood, which talks about the end of the the life of the lawman. So let us partake of these elements while we listen to this beautiful song. So loving and so true, so powerful. 
Well, isn't that beautiful just to know that God is for you, for the purpose of writing upon your heart. So as you are there at home right now, maybe you sit there alone in front of the computer, maybe you are with your family, you've got a big screen, you've got people gathering together. Um, know this, the purpose is for God. And this is the, uh, the purpose that God has is to write upon your heart. He wants to write something on your heart. And what He wants to write on your heart is a certain word, a certain message. And that message would be the heart of your heart. It would be what uh, Proverbs says, it would be the midst of your heart, the very core of your belief system. What God is saying is that He is for you for the purpose of writing a message in the depth of your being and in the depth of your belief so that you can believe what He believes. And as we believe that, we believe unto this salvation which was made available in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm talking about the heart uh, at the moment. In, now, I'm in a series on the heart. And um, we're going to look at fruit bearing uh, and just follow on the message we've had last Sunday. Now, let's just go to our main verse that we have concerning fruit bearing here and um, in John 15 verse 1. And this is an amazing verse. And before I read this, I want you to just be prepared for what it says. What it says is uh, two basic things. It is that a wrong word is what makes us dirty, not our works. And he said that many times. Uh, the, the, Jesus said that many times. He says, it's not... We don't have to wash our hands, you know, uh, because it's not the outward things that makes us dirty. It's what we believe in our heart that makes us dirty. And He wants to cleanse our belief. So know this, your works does not make you dirty. It is what we believe that determines, you know, if we have uh, purity in our life or not. Now, I do know that Global forgiveness came through Jesus Christ. But to find purity manifesting in your life, I'm talking about the everyday experience, the everyday experience in your thoughts, the everyday experience in your works, and all those kind of things, will only be found from a heart that believes the truth, or a heart that is washed from an evil conscience. So, let us just look at... Uh, this verse and it's going to bless you. This is what it says. It says, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch that bears not fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he purgeth or he cleanses it or he prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are you clean through the word I have spoken unto you. Now are you clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me as I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now the question that we have here is, 
basically what this fruit is. How does this fruit work? Because he comes here and he says that we will bear much fruit. There will be great fruit in the lives of those that abide in him. Now, there's two things he says there. One, now, I didn't mention the, the previous point before we read the verse. I wanted to mention both, but let's, let's get into that. The first one is that a wrong word is what makes you dirty, and that dirtiness there is talking about um, having a need to be pruned. Pruning means to cut away. And then he comes, and let us just look at that. That is so powerful here. He says, now are you clean? Now are you clean? Let us just look at that uh, clean there. Um, it says in the King James there, um, sorry, I've got the wrong verse there. Here it says, now are you clean? That word clean there means clean or pure, purified by fire, in a similitude like a vine cleansed by pruning and so fitting to bear fruit. So now are you fit to bear fruit? Now are you clean? How? Through the word or the logic which I have spoken unto you. There we can clearly see that he says that we are clean through the word that he has spoken unto us, or actually unto the disciples. He spoke a certain word unto the disciples that cleansed them and um, got them to the place where they will have the ability to bear much fruit. So what brings us to the ability of bearing much fruit? It is the right word, the right message. And we're going to look at what that message is right now. And it was a message these disciples never expected Jesus to ever say, um, you know, they, they, did, they never expected, and we're going to, you know, what Jesus said, and we're going to have a look at that. But here we come, and we see that the, what, we learn two things. One, it is a wrong belief that makes us dirty or puts us in a place, this would be a better way of saying it, put us in a place where we cannot bear fruit. Secondly, is we find that in this passage, and we're going to read this now, that we cannot bear fruit of ourselves. We've just read it as well. We cannot bear fruit of ourselves. So what he's saying is, you cannot bear fruit of yourself if I can come and cut away that which causes you not to bear fruit, then I will bear much fruit in you, and that's how you will bear fruit. The question is, what is this fruit? This can be seen in John chapter 12. Let's have a look at that. John chapter 12 chapter 12, and I think it's about verse 20. Let's go there. We'll find it easily. This is what he says. <clears throat> this is, um, let's just read this first. It says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Very, very, I say, uh, very, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So what is Jesus talking about here? 
what is Jesus talking about here? Jesus is talking about, um, you know, something that is absolutely, oh man, I've pressed the wrong button there now. Let me just see. I, just excuse me if I make mistakes on this. This is the first time I, I work this program on a stream like this. So I might press the wrong stuff here and mess some of the stuff up. But what I'm trying to say here is in verse, verse 12 there, he says that he was having a lot of good report about him because of chapter 11, wherein Lazarus was raised. But then he said to his disciples, he gave a word. He said, if I don't die, then I cannot bear fruit in you. That's what he was actually saying. If I don't die, you cannot bear fruit. So when I die, you get pruned. When I die, this message that I'm telling you, that I'm going to die and take away your sin. I'm going to die and then I will not be alone anymore, but there will be others like me. That is so, so powerful. That's exactly what he's trying to bring to us. He's trying to bring a word that tells us that we die with him. And if we can believe that word, we will be pruned and then he will be able to bear his fruit in us. Let's look at that, um, that word there. This is what he says um, in verse 24. Well, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So what was Jesus talking about there? Jesus was talking about his own life, if he would love his life in this world, if he would love the praise that comes from raising Lazarus from the dead, if he would love the, a lot of people that just follow him and all those kind of things, you know, he's going to actually not preserve his life unto life everlasting in the lives of other people. That's what he was saying. But if I'm willing to die, Jesus said, then others will have my quality of life and it, my life will be eternal in other people as well. You know, if he, if he would just have lived on the earth and, and died like a normal man, you know, and have gone back to his father, his life would have, he wouldn't have kept the life in the human body in a glo uh, you know, and had that glorified state as what he has it now. He would have just gone back to his father, you know, and his body would have stayed on the, in the earth like any other human being. But if he could lay down his life for the purpose of dying the sin of man away, believing that the Father could raise him from the dead, then we would have the opportunity to share in his quality of life. And that is what he is saying there. Um, and now from that perspective of fruit bearing, having eternal life, having immortality, having God's quality of life in mind is what he um, shares and what he talks to us about that it will be impossible for us to bear fruit um, and to have his quality of life to have immortality to have what he possesses outside of us being cleansed from a wrong belief and then trusting and relying upon him to bring it forth in us now how does that relate to the heart let us just go to uh, chapter 14 and then we're going to get deeper into what the heart is all about. In chapter 14 
um, we can see John 14, chapter 1. It says, let, your heart, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, but believe also in me. There's something that is just prior to that, which is amazing. And this is what it is. It is Peter and the denial of the Lord. Peter and the denial of the Lord. He says, Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily I say unto you, The cock shall not crow till you have denied me thrice. So here we clearly see the apostle, uh, uh, um, you know, Peter, uh, the disciple of the Lord, wanting to lay down his life, actually misunderstanding what Jesus said in the previous chapter. He misunderstood Jesus. He said to Jesus, Jesus, you know, I will not love my life in this world and I will lay down my life for your sake and I will die and I will be with you when you die and so will I be with you. He said, Peter, Peter, <laughs> your heart is troubled. That is chapter 14 there. You can just look in chapter 14 there now. Um, clearly, next chapter, look at it. Let not your heart be troubled. Chapter 13, last part. Lord, I will follow you. I will be with you. You will not follow me. You, uh, you will deny me. By your ability, you cannot have my life. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. That word troubled there. I want to just elaborate on that. I like this part here. Um, let us just read the first from the beginning. To agitate or to trouble. To cause an inward commotion, to take away his calmness of mind, disturb his, oh man, I don't even know that word, but just calmness that is inside him. I can't, I know what it means, but I can't uh, uh, pronounce it in the English. Um, to disquiet, to make restless, to stir up, to trouble. There we see, to trouble. So what he's saying here, he says to Peter, Peter, your heart, the core of your being is um, in turmoil for you have got a word in you that says you must lay down your life so that you can be where I am which is a legalistic way where you say I will go and lay down my life I'll follow all these rules so that I can be where the Lord is where Jesus said I will die and I, if I die then I will bring forth fruit in you and so you will be with me and by hearing that word, we are purged from everything that causes us not to bear fruit. And the fruit that we will bear is immortality um, in our lives, in the return of Christ. And now, what the Bible talks about, the first fruit in Romans 8 is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faithfulness. So that we will bear now. We will even see the fruit of the Spirit in us in the forms of the gifts of the Spirit. The grace gifts, which is the laying on of hands, praying in tongues, and all those kind of gifts that will also manifest in our lives. So, once we have the wrong word purged out of our heart, once we have the wrong word pruned out of our life, by hearing the word where Jesus laid down His life, where the Father made it His responsibility to bring forth 
after his own kind to bring forth sons into this world. You know, listen, it's not the responsibility of the son to be the son. It's the responsibility of the father to have a son. We need to realize that. You know, if I want children, I can't just command some people to be my child. No, I must have a child. In the very same way, that's what God says. The way in which God has a son, the way in which God brings forth a son is by bringing a new word and having a person be persuaded of that word and so he prunes away that which does not or, or cause no fruit and he gives birth to a son, you know, which is then us. So, fruit-bearing is the work of the Father. It's the work of um, the vine. It will bring forth fruit in, the, uh, um, in those that are, you know, put into that vine. And that we can clearly see in chapter 15. Again, I am... Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those branches that are put into the vine, when you are put into the vine, when you are saying, I am not into Judaism anymore, I am not into legalism anymore, I am into the vine. I am into the vine that says I am one with, I became part of the very sap that's inside uh, the vine flows into the branches, the very blood, the very DNA, the very thing that is inside the vine is inside the branches. And then it doesn't say the branches bears the fruit. It says the vine bears the fruit in the branches. So yes, the branches does have fruit, but it comes from a perspective of a heart that is not troubled, a heart that believes the truth. The gospel of Jesus is the heart of God. The gospel of Jesus is the message that brings true freedom. And this is what I want to leave you with today. Know that the gospel of Jesus, when you see yourself as really one with it, it doesn't help you just sit at home, you listen to this message, and say, well, I've listened to a nice message of Bertie again, and it's just nice to be part of a family. It's good to be part of a family. It's good to be part of this message. But what you need to realize is that this message has to come to a place where you can believe that when He died, you died. That when He was raised, you were raised. You were not living in the death of a man that lives by the law. You live now in a place where you can say that I am His offspring. I am His kind. I am forgiven. I am not under the law. Um, there's no more Jew, no more Gentile. There's no more distance. All that's left now is a place where you can rely upon Him to bring forth the fruit in you on the basis of saying, I am united with Him in Christ. As you say that, and as that becomes the heart of your heart, you find that everything that causes a lack of fruit is taken out of your life. All the weeds. A weed is not a bad language. A weed is not drinking alcohol. A weed in your life is not when you've said a swear word. Weed in your life is to have another seed that produces a fruit. 
and that seed is a word or a message. Satan has got a seed and God has got a seed. That seed is called a word. Unfortunately, the uh, prosperity gospel has come and said, um, you know, some people once asked me, don't you believe in the prosperity gospel? I said, no, no, I don't believe in the typical prosperity gospel. He says, well, then God can send you, send all the money that you don't want to me. Oh, my goodness. It just, you know, it might be a funny way of talking, but it just talks about more love for stuff. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel as all that God wants is you just want you to be a billionaire and all those kind of things. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel that says, you know, Matthew talks, where it talks about the, the, the seed that gets sown in the field and all this kind of thing as money that is sown. And, and if you give money, God's going to prosper you. And the, I don't believe in that. I believe in an Abba that loves his children and that provides for his children. But the typical sowing, reaping teaching, I see it as satanic. I see it as not from God. I see it, and I don't say this with anger in my heart. I say that is what I believe. I believe if you believe that you need to sow money to work a principle, to um, get God to do something for you, that is a word from Satan, and it is called weeds. It um, will put a, a lid on true generosity and a lid on true prosperity and a lid on contentment. It will put a lid on inner peace. It will put you in a place where you'll have fake peace, where you think you've got peace, but you don't have it because your peace is resting in what you think you need to do. We need to realize that. So the true weeds is a wrong, it, it, it's a fruit of a wrong seed. So don't allow a wrong seed to be the core from where you think. Don't think from the foundation of sowing and reaping. Don't think from the foundation of tithing to be blessed. Don't think of the foundation of, of, of I must go to a church where they anoint my head with oil so that I can have some anointing or something like that. We reason from the foundation of union with Him. We reason from the foundation of no distance because the law was taken away. We reason from the foundation of if He has got a human body that is raised by the dead by the Holy Spirit and I have received that same Spirit, that Spirit of the Lord will not only raise me up into having a new life today, but will also make my flesh immortal. That is the, the platform from where we reason. Well, I want to thank you so much for watching this, and I would like to pray for you. Maybe you are at a place in your life where you say, I don't bear any fruit. Oh Lord, how can I bear fruit? I would like to pray this prayer with you. So everybody, let us just agree in prayer. Father, I want to thank you that I can pray for every person. As I look into this camera, I look straight into the hearts of people, into the minds of people, and I say to people watching me right now that you are before the Lord and He brings a new word to you. He brings a new heart to you. He brings a new passion to you. And He gives you life and peace above what you could ever have imagined. I speak to you an enlightened mind that will take the word of your union with Christ in what is done as an absolute truth and where you allow no other word. And where you don't bear fruit, don't make it your job to try and bear more fruit. Allow Him to prune the law out of your heart. Just say, thank you Lord for pruning me. And that is what He will do by giving you the true gospel over and over. Thank you, Father, that these people are before you, that you give them enlightened mind, and you give them life and life in abundance. Thank you. Thank you, Father. 
Well, if you have enjoyed this message, we would really love to hear from you. Please email us at info at dynamicministries.com and just tell us what this has meant to you. It, it will really be encouraging for us since this is a new way in which we stream our stuff, um, you know, and, and just get the message out there. We want to see does it make an impact? Um, does it touch the hearts of people? Uh, are you impacted by this? And uh, please, man, if, if, if you love this, share with as many people as possible, you know. Share this with people. Let people be impacted by this, uh, you know, and just allow people to, um, to know about this by sharing it on your Facebook page or so if you feel to do that. Thank you so much. And I'm going to just um, play out with that very same song, uh, which is such a beautiful song about, you know, about Him being for us. Know that you are loved by Him and that He appreciates you. And that brings forth appreciation in our hearts. God bless you. Take me in.